Today, we'll be talking about delegating, what works well, what doesn't, and how to do it better. All that and more in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to episode 19 of Serious Soft Skills. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me is Bob Graham. We both teach college and we research soft skills, and we've seen how soft skills work in people's lives to benefit their work and help them get promotions. Our goal is to shed light on how that works and why. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about delegating, which is one of the 55 soft skills that we've identified. Bob, can you start us up with uh, a good working definition of delegating? Well, Toby, as you know, I always like to do my homework for these, and in this case, I did no homework, so I'm going to totally explain it in my own words. You ready for that? Um, Delegating is the act of determining when you should do a task and when others should do a task and making that differentiation to the good of your organization. So it's a way to help your organization improve their efficiency by saying, I'm the right person for this, or someone else would be better suited, either because they have the time or the expertise, or they, frankly, in some cases, make less money, and it's better for them to be doing that than some higher-paid person who should be doing something at a higher level. Right, and I think um, I like, I'm going to go back to our core term that we've used, intentionality. It's not a uh, push it off. It's it's what's the right choice in a in a given situation, and I think you hit on a really good point. And and I go back to my finance days and say that, that it's really about ROA. It's about the return on assets, and and the people we work with are human assets to our organization. And what is the best possible application of their knowledge and their skills and their time that will get the best return for our company. I, I like that, Toby, but who makes that determination? Is it, When you say ROA, it suggests something kind of global to an organization, but that's really an individual decision, right? And that that's the manager level, or is that at the employee level, or both? What are your thoughts? I believe it's really, and I, I, I like it, sounds like it's really mathematical, but I'm really thinking about it more theoretically, that as a leader, I'm looking across my group and saying, well, who's the right person? to apply that to who's going to get that return. So so I think it's done mostly at the supervisor, at the manager's level, in who's going to be doing what task. And certainly we all have job descriptions. We have uh, tasks that, that are in our description. But when it, there's often a lot of ambiguity, though, in what gets assigned where and who gets put on what team. And I think that's where we really get to, to make those intentional and careful decisions that make a big difference in the return that we get on that. So it's an intentional effort to determine the most operational efficiency. Is that a way of looking at it? Mm. it I guess I, I hate to boil it down to just efficiency because I think sometimes we can be efficient but not effective, and that it's not it's not done best. It's done at the lowest cost, and and I don't I don't think we I want to limit it to that. And I also want to throw us off on another sidetrack and say sometimes we don't assign it to the best person, and we do that intentionally because delegation is also how we develop people on our team. Okay. So you're looking at a situation from a lot of perspectives, which I guess is really the soft skill aspect of this, right? Because you've got to be able to look at your team, realistically assess each of the players on that team, understand their strengths, understand their career goals or short-term goals, 
You need to listen, be empathetic, need to be able to be persuasive because sometimes you have to talk someone into doing something because they're like, no, no, I'm too busy or no, I could never do that. Right. And so am I on the right track in terms of why this sort of fits into our list of soft skills? Yes. And, and I think it, what you're describing is that bridge between the tactical of, hey, we got stuff we need to get done and the strategic of, we also need to build bench strength. We need to have that next line of people. And, and sure, you know, Karen is the best at developing spreadsheets and boy, she can put it together so fast. But Beth just came onto our team and I know she's got some skills in, in, in Excel, but she needs some opportunity to grow that and potentially maybe even be uh, coached and mentored a little bit by other people who know more. And, and so I don't want to have just one person be my resident expert. I want to develop again, like I call it bench strength, where I've got that next go-to person. So, so I think delegation covers. It's really an important part, and it and it overlaps. And I I hesitated a little bit because we also have another soft skill that we've part uh, parsed off, where we talk about the ability to develop people, and very focused on that. But I would say that it's like that Venn diagram where we're uh, delegating. If we delegate well and strategically, we are also developing at the same time. Okay. And I kind of think of good delegation a lot like a good referee or umpire in a sporting event. When they're doing their job well, you don't know who they are and you don't know anything that they're doing. When they're doing it poorly, everyone knows the umpire made the wrong call or the referee made the wrong call. And it's kind of funny that when you have to evaluate delegation skills, it's awfully hard to do at times because it's really done in real time and it's often done without a lot of discussion. You know, yes, you have the meetings where we talk through and say, hey, we need someone to do this. And someone says, well, I could do it if I have to, but I really don't want to. Okay, go ahead, you're assigned. Of course, we have the meetings where you're assigned because you weren't at the meeting and they just piled it on. But what I found is good managers tend to just sort of have the right person doing the right things. And it's part of the synchronicity of the team that you just don't even think about it. It's when it's sort of out of kilter or when you lose a key person that delegation really becomes the issue. And I guess what what I'm sort of wrestling with is if I were listening to this, I'd be wondering, when is it the right time to delegate? You know, delegation also could be, oh, you're just trying to get me to do your work. You know, wasn't it Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn, one of those guys, right, that delegates the whitewashing the walls, or the, the uh, fence? Hey, this is great. You'll love it. It's great work to get out of doing the work. I don't think that's what we're talking about with delegation. Delegation is finding the right person at the right time to do the right task. It's not offloading all your work to say, oh, I'm a manager, but I don't do anything. I can play golf all day. Thoughts about that, Toby? You're nodding, so I know you're, you're, uh, you're agreeing with me. You look like you have something you want to add. No, I just I love the Tom Sawyer reference, and uh, I know you're not much into literature and writing, so but it, it was Tom Sawyer and the okay. whitewashing of uh, Aunt Polly's fence, right? And, uh, wow, you win. <laughs> there you go. And I wasn't Googling that in the background. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I think you're right because there are people that, that we've encountered in our workplaces that it looks more like shirking than delegating. And uh, – and that, that is a, a tension that we have to kind of carefully uh, manage. So uh, to 
let's hit that when question. And I'd say, I'd say, um, as a manager, we always want to be questioning, is there somebody or who is that better person than me to be doing it? Cause it seems like an often, and it's all based on some of our wiring as well, but I tend to take on more tasks. Like, Oh, it'll just be easier if I just take care of that. And I don't want to trouble this person with that. They're really busy, but the, the better decision is who is that other person in the group that would be a benefit either developmentally or they're a better resource to do it, or it would free up me to be doing other things. So, Bob, I think we've got a good spot to take a break, and uh, then we'll come back, and uh, I've got a couple different perspectives on delegation. Hey, Bob Graham here. Self-reflection, you've probably heard about it, but you have no idea where to start or what to do. We got you covered. We put together a tip sheet on how to start your practice of self-reflection and some of the do's and don'ts to ensure your success. To get your tip sheet, visit SeriousSoftSkills.com slash tip sheet. That's SeriousSoftSkills.com slash tip sheet. Best of all, it's free. It's our gift to you for spending some time with us today. Well, welcome back. We're, if you've just joined us or if you took a little cat nap there, we're talking about delegating, and we certainly wouldn't want you to delegate the task of paying attention to us to someone else. And I know Toby is someone who uh, has done his homework, and uh, he wants to sort of talk about an aspect of delegation. So I'm going to delegate that task right to you, Toby. Ah, sounds good. And a little, a, a little practical application. Great. Um, I, I, when we started talking about delegation uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we were going to get it ready for the podcast, I, I immediately thought back to this article that was in the Harvard Business Review. And I hate to go back this far, but it was 1974. And it still maintains the pop, one of the most downloaded articles that the Harvard Business Review has ever produced. So folks may have seen it around or may have heard reference to it. It's the one called Who's Got the Monkey? And uh, at the, while the authors of it weren't really talking specifically about delegation. They were talking about how difficult it is for a manager to manage their own time. And they broke it down into essentially three areas of time. They said, well, there's, there's boss, impo um, boss imposed time where your boss has come and said, look, this needs to get done. And here's how, when it needs to get done. And there's penalties if you don't. So it, impo um, uh, specific or you know, kind of alluded to. The other use of time is system-imposed time because there's just some things that I have to do in my job that need to take be done. And if I don't do those, again, the system has, will impose some penalties for not getting my work done. So, for instance, payroll, right, would be right. a system one, right? Because if that doesn't get done, you don't get paid and the people around you don't get paid. Sure. And for us, teaching our courses, doing our grading, those are things we have to do. If we don't, the students will complain. They won't have things done on time. So they'll be immediately imposed penalties on that. But the third area is what they really got talking about. And I think this is what gets to delegation. And they grouped it together. and They called it self-imposed time. And that's those are items that we just might take on ourselves. And to me, that also is things we probably, if they needed to get done, we should have delegated them to someone else on our team. Um, but we took them on. And then what was really interesting and the one I love, and this is where the monkey comes into play, is subordinate imposed time. And what they talked about, and, and so the message in this kind of arena is we really want to delegate well. And they use the illustration of a monkey. And when there's something to be done, the monkey is on your back. 
And if you delegate that to someone on your team, you pass that monkey over to them. And we need to be careful as managers, one, that we pass that monkey to the right person, but additionally, that we pass that monkey off in a way that the person we've delegated to doesn't turn around and hand that monkey right back. And, and they give some great illustrations in there of, of uh, oh, by the way, I need you to prepare this report. And a little while later, the, the uh, person on your team comes back and says, oh, I need some more information. And then as the manager, you may mistakenly say, oh, let me get that together and I'll send you an email. And you don't realize that monkey just leaped from there back. It's now back on yours again. And you've now um, taken on a task, but you've also held up the process because now that person on your team can't move forward. And they're kind of getting idle time, which falls back to my return on assets, where they're not being productive because you just took the monkey back. And you're busy and you've got meetings and it may be days before you're able to pass that monkey back over. And, uh, and they warn you that, that that monkey passes quickly. And now that I'm a little more alert to it, I'm, I'm careful how I hand things off, that things are ready to be handed off, but also to watch for that monkey coming back at me and say, oh, hold it. You know, no, here's where you can get that information. Go to it and, and not let that monkey get thrown back over. Well, I think you bring up a great point sort of in the background there, Toby, which is the idea of... Um, giving the person the power to actually to do something themselves. And there are some people that delegate. I don't want to name names, but some people like to delegate and then micromanage how you do that task. And I've always found as the recipient of tasks from people like that, that's very frustrating because I don't feel ownership of it. I feel like I'm just basically the person's... Uh, the person embodying that other person's actions. You know, they say, oh, well, send the email, make sure you say this, this, and this, and this, and make sure it goes out before noon. Well, at that point, you could have done it yourself. There's no, there's nothing of me in that other than I'm the person who's actually typing the words of the email out. Whereas if you say to me, Bob, here's the goal of this email, make sure, you know, here are things that I've learned from doing this over the last couple of months. You take it and you deal with it it's in your court. Let me know when it's done. I prefer that. Now, will I make mistakes at that? Occasionally, yes. But I'm pretty reasonable, and most people are when they're delegated a task, if the parameters are clear. But we also, I think, in delegation have that risk of delegation with too much direction. Right. And, and I would say that, that we're also remiss as managers if after we delegate, we don't close the loop on it and give that feedback afterwards, whether it's, and if it's something that was just handled smoothly, it's just to close it. Hey, I saw that one out. That was great. Or, wow, I wish you would have been a little more clear on bullet number two. I got three questions back right after you sent that email. So let's look at the wording next time. Or, gee, you know, somebody was left off that email. So, so if we're going to delegate, we also want to use that developmentally to say, give some feedback make corrections where necessary, and then also then be ready next time, we should be even in better shape. Which gets that idea of delegation as a means of develop, developing your bullpen or, or your bench, so that without that feedback, no one's going to grow, no one's going to be able to assume new responsibilities, right? Exactly. Exactly. So delegating is really a powerful tool. It is something, though, as we looked at our soft skills and we've, we've grouped them up where we had the individual soft skills, we're looking at something here where uh, it's often more done at a manager's level. Um, 
delegation between peers isn't as common, but if we're working on a team, there's certainly an opportunity to say, well, hold it, who's who's the best person? And, and if we're doing a peer-led group, that might be more the case, but I think we've, we see a, a delegation as something that um, has got to be developed in leaders. And if uh, many of us can skate by without having that skill, but as you move into leadership, developing uh, the ability to delegate and do that closed loop delegation, I'll call it, where I've intentionally chosen the right person, either developmentally or skill-wise, and then I'm going to close the loop on the way out to make sure that it has its intended impact. I like that, Toby. I like that closed loop idea. It's, it's very visual. And it also gets that whole idea that if you're not closing that loop, it's still out there open, sort of a pending item that you're not really taking off the list, which makes the whole idea of delegating a waste. Absolutely. So we want to, want to, put them out there, hand them off right, and then make sure they're closed up. And, and we've talked before about stand-up meetings uh, is a great tool to use. We talked about you know meeting management, and this is another thing to incorporate in those stand-up meetings. Those are quick handoffs. And then, hey, we'll be getting back together in two days for our next stand-up meeting, and I'm going to go around real quick. Hey, you had that. Where are we on that? Is that done? I haven't heard any feedback, so we must be okay. Right down the line, and then it's done. The feedback doesn't have to be some onerous task. It can be as quick as the handoff. Well, Bob, speaking of closed loop, I think that's about uh, the right time to wrap this up and bring delegation together. That's all for episode 19 of Serious Soft Skills. You can always email us at podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com, or you can tweet us at RealSoftSkills. We post blogs, links to other episodes, and other information on our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com. Coming up next week, we'll be talking about being persuasive at work. And uh, it's kind of a good topic for us. It, it, we want to influence. We want to do it in a positive way. So uh, let's t- take a look at it. It's a role that all of us have. We have different issues that we need to move forward. So we'll take a look at persuasion. Until next week, thanks for listening. Good day. And as always, good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.